Hello, it is Friday. I am here to do an episode. This week, this week was pretty like rough. Um, dear Lord, <laughs> towards the end. Um, and so I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk because sometimes I feel like because I've made a lot of progress, especially in the last year in recovery and healing, whatever you want to call it, that I feel like sometimes I can like misrepresent myself as if I'm this person that never struggles or has any problems or fucks up. Um, and I definitely do. And this week was me realizing that in real time. And, um, the response that I had to it is definitely better than how I would feel in the past, but it was still really hard. And I wanted to talk about the realities of that on here. So if you're willing to hear about something like that, then continue listening. Um, so depending on what I titled this episode, um, you may be able to know already, but essentially, um, I realized that I was, that I've been basically in some, essentially emotionally abusing one of my friends. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. And that is the part that is scary that I didn't realize that I was doing it. Um, a part of me, like I've, I've thought in the last few years that I would know or realize when I was falling into that stuff, but I wasn't and I didn't and I didn't realize. And, um, that wasn't fun for lack of a better word. Um, I made an episode on here and then like deleted it like the next day when I was talking about how me and a friend of mine, like one of a friend of mine had like stopped, hadn't said anything after for like a week to me. And that was a really long time to not hear from them. And I was really confused. It's that friend. And, um, they were finally able to make it clear to me this week that um, there's been times where they've said something that has triggered me. And then when I am triggered, um, I say things to them or take things a certain way that they weren't meaning to say and, um, and are just like mean or mean to them. Um, and... I didn't, I genuinely didn't realize that I was doing that. I didn't. It wasn't like a situation like I knew that I was going too far and I was just doing it anyway. Um, I genuinely didn't know that it was that, that I was being too hard on her. And, um, she had to literally tell me, like, I feel like this is almost like abusive with how hard you are with how like mean or like cruel you're being in those moments to me and talking to me in a way that doesn't match with who I am as a person. Um, and it was, it must, 
I know it was a very frustrating conversation we were having before that because the thing that just kept happening was that over the last few months, I just recognized that things had, something had changed in our friendship. Like there were times when she would get upset at me for what I felt like was just us having like a normal back and forth confrontation moment. And I didn't understand what had changed about it. I didn't feel like I had changed. And so I was confused and thought that maybe something was going on with her. She was always somebody that was absolutely fine with confrontation and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really, so it was different than how she usually acted. So that was the only way I knew how to make sense of it. But it wasn't that. It was that I was... I was getting triggered and not like doing the things that I usually do in order to calm myself down before responding to people when that happens and was saying things and like taking things a certain way with her. And then when she would try to say that that's not what she meant, then I would like just argue about it even more (laughs) because that's like one of the things about when you're in that triggered state, um, you're just kind of going with, There are certain, I feel like there are certain things that people, not only that trigger you, obviously, but then when you are triggered, the things that like push your buttons the most. And for me, the stuff when I am in that state that makes me the most upset is when people like tell me, oh, you're just triggered. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. Because to me in that, when I'm in that state of mind that feels like people are telling me that I'm that my feelings are not right that what I'm feeling isn't right and considering that my parents invalidated my emotions a million times over that's that just makes it worse that makes me double down and like be even more sure that I'm right about things um because I want to prove that I am right after being told for so many decades that I was like being dramatic that no one else is upset as I am things like that um and then the other thing that um pisses me off too is when people like it's very well-meaning but it's basically the same sort of problem of um like not wanting to believe that the the issue that's happening is my fault Um, because I don't want to be the problem because I always felt like I was the problem with my family always. And so I don't, and I just, I don't want to be the, that problem again. Um, And yeah, so it was kind of random in the way that um, it kind of felt like just like things happening at the right time in the way that like, when this friend and I had this conversation and it finally like hit me that I was the problem, that I was saying things to her that was making her really upset and her not knowing when it was going to happen. So she was feeling like she was walking on eggshells, which is ironic because I felt like I was too, because I didn't know, I couldn't, I didn't realize what I was doing that was making her upset. So I got like paranoid about what I would say to her but still like ended up saying these things to her when I was triggered because, you know, you're you're not thinking right when you're in that state. Um, But when I finally, earlier that day on like Wednesday or something, 
um, I had, I had emailed my therapist like early that morning and had asked her if we could have like a session this week. So our session is usually on Tuesdays, but since it's the 4th of July was this past Tuesday, I didn't have one. And I wanted to have a session so that I could talk about the memories that I have of this, of the, the friend that I forgot about. Because I just want, I just needed to like talk about that and the implications of that and like how that kind of um, makes me think about at least like the good things of, of that, like the good memories of that is. Um, I just needed to talk, I wanted to talk about it with her. And so um, she had emailed me back like when we were kind of in the middle of that argument. Um, like it wasn't at like the intense point of the argument, but it was still kind of happening. And so we had made the, so the next day, like the day after on yesterday, I was able to have a therapy appointment to talk about it. Um, even though that's not at all what I thought I was going to need to talk about in therapy. So, um, which is really good because if I hadn't done that, I would have spent this entire weekend until like Tuesday, just being really depressed and sad and beating myself up, um, which I did like on Wednesday, on Thursday and Wednesday and yesterday, I was just really sad and I cried a lot um, because it was kind of like not going to like over exaggerate, but it really was basically one of my worst fears, like coming to life. Um, like the fear of realizing that I'm like treating somebody horribly and not even realizing that I was doing it. So I thought that I would notice if I did that and I did it. And, um, and also just like afraid of, um, I feel like the number one fear most of us, and by us, I mean kids that grew up in very abusive homes have is turning into their parents or whichever parent seems scarier. Honestly, both of mine turning to either one of them would be awful. Um, I'm not going to be my mom though, no matter what, because she's too, she's a very like fake, like image means everything kind of person. And that's just so not me. Um, but I am really afraid of turning into my dad and my dad and I have similar personalities already and things like that. And we look a lot alike. And so that's like something that I sometimes struggle with, um, and this was like, uh, the, this situation happening, like realizing that basically what was happening, since I didn't really fully explain that, is that I, it, I feel like anyone listening to this would probably understand since you likely have complex PTSD if you listen to this podcast, but, um, you likely get it. It's, it's exhausting to have it, to have complex PTSD and to be, and to always do so much work and steps and things like that to calm yourself down or to be so aware of your emotions so that you don't take them out on another person like that when they don't deserve it. And like, we have to do it. It's necessary for us to do it, but it still is like really exhausting sometimes 
like all the different things that we have to do that other people don't have to do who don't have this disability. And so this friend and I have been friends for like a year and we've gotten like pretty close in the last however many months. And so in the last couple of months or so, it got to the point where I felt like we were close enough that I didn't have to be as careful with like saying things to them that I, that I wouldn't say around other people, um, like with being triggered of, I don't have to control my emotions quite as much as I usually do because this person, because this person knows that I love them and they're one of my closest friends and they'll, they'll get it. And I, and it's like that feeling of me wanting to believe that I won't have to like do all of this work all the time because it's, it's just really hard. Um, it kind of, to me, it feels like, like my therapist once said that this isn't true and I believe her, but, and that we'll work on it in therapy, (laughs) but it feels like, like there's this part of, this part of me that I'm like hiding or that I don't expose almost like this side of me or a real version of me. Um, and by that, I mean like the person or the things that I feel and the stuff that I think when I'm in like a triggered state. And I wanted to think that I could be close enough with this person that I could be honest about how I was feeling and what I was thinking and not like kind of work to hide that. And, um, and that's obviously not true. Like treating somebody like that isn't fair no matter what. Um, but that's like where, why that even happened in the first place. Because I just thought, well, we're good enough friends now that that won't be as much of a problem, but it clearly was. Um, and that's really hard to figure out of like for me in my head. And it's purely based on like my trauma, like, um, to talk up to like almost compare and contrast, like remembering that mysterious friend whose name I can't remember last week. Um, the thing that was so, that is so nice for me to remember about that person with like the few memories that I have of them and what makes me want to wish that I could somehow find them somewhere is that, um, the thing that was so nice with that person was being around someone where I could finally like just be myself like that just didn't happen. There were so many different masks that I would wear, like even putting aside like being undiagnosed autistic, which, oh, by the way, um, the reason why I didn't pick up on any of my friend's social cues for the last couple months was because I was autistic. So if you are autistic too, keep that in mind. Um, if your friend keeps saying the same thing over and over and over to you, then just accept the fact that there's likely something you're doing that you're not realizing is hurting them. <laughs> just, yeah. Anyway. Um, but even putting aside like the whole masking thing that autistic people do, uh, when I was growing up and I was being abused like I was, I couldn't exactly act like I really wanted to because then people would know that something was wrong. And so 
part of the way that like the agoraphobia ish things that I've had for most of my life where I want to be at home all the time, even though home usually was something that didn't make me feel good. Um, it was because when I left the house, I had to act like everything was okay. I had to act like everything was fine and that everything wasn't falling apart and I had to hide all of my emotions. And um, I can remember times when I was growing up and I was younger and our plan, like I would be so relieved when we were going back home because I would be, because on like the drive back home, I would be able to like relax because I, I would be in the car with like my mom, my sister most of the time. And I wouldn't have to like pretend like everything was fine anymore. I wasn't having to put on a show for like the friends we were visiting or the family we were visiting or anyone else like that. And so the thing that was really nice about hanging out with that friend and why I want to like find them again to like see if that feeling is still there because it's like one of the only times that I can ever remember feeling like that is that I didn't have to do that around them. It was like this very almost backward experience where I was going to visit a friend of mine who, well, a friend that happened to be like the daughter of someone my mom was friends with. And, um, and it was like backwards of normal situations. Like usually when I leave the house, I have to pretend like everything is okay. But then I end up meeting this, this person's son who is at, whose dad is also abusing him. And so even though I wasn't at home and was like out of the house with my mom around this kid, I could act like I didn't have to act like everything was fine because they knew that it wasn't fine because it wasn't fine for them either. And it was such like a nice feeling of just being able to like be myself and not have to feel like I have to like put up a front and that that person actually liked the version of me when I wasn't putting up a front, which like was a brand new experience for me at the time. And so to contrast that with what's going on now, like that's part of like what I struggle with where I feel like, like in therapy yesterday, my therapist said like, you're not a monster. And I told her that I didn't believe her. And the reason why I feel that way is because I feel like this, the things that I think and the things that I say when I'm triggered is like it, it feels like a mask of some sort is like coming off and I'm like saying the things that I really believe, even though that's not true, but it feels like that. And I think that it feels like that because of all of the years that I had to act like everything was okay. And to the point where I would say things that I didn't, didn't believe at all to go along with what my mom and my sister wanted. And um, was very people pleasing and would just kind of change my mind depending on who I happened to be around at the time. Um, and would say things that I knew I didn't agree with or had to do things that I did not want to do at all to the point where I felt like it was changing my own perception of myself. And that, so the feeling of when I'm triggered, so what I w wished to do or what I wanted to do was to be able to show that side of me, that side of that when I'm triggered comes out where I'm like very blunt to the point of being like cruel. Um, and to show it to people instead of feeling like I'm hiding it 
to like get that acceptance from someone that that side of me is still okay. But so it was really devastating to realize that how bad that side actually was. Like I listened back to some of the things I said to her when I was like that, including the thing I said to her that day that made this argument happen. And I didn't realize, I didn't think that what I said was like too far because I was just like not seeing things clearly at all. I just wasn't. And, and so like, I think that what my therapist is going to work with me on is to recognize that how, with the things that I'm thinking and saying is not like my, like, the thing that was really hard was I felt like that was almost like the real me. Like, I feel, this is something that I know a lot of people that are abused deal with. I think we're all afraid of that because we are exposed to all this abuse that we're going to like almost outside of our control, like we're Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that we're going, that like the mask is going to come off and we're going to suddenly become like as horrible and bad as our parents were to us. And almost like against our will, because we were exposed to these abusive things and that despite all of this work we've done, those things are like still in us somewhere and they just only come out when we're triggered but they're always there we're just like hiding it but it's I know like I can recognize now that I've like calmed down that that's not accurate that like the things that you say and the things that you do when you're in a triggered state is not like that's not like your actual real self that's your that's like the wounded part of yourself reacting and not taking a moment to calm down and really look at the situation to even make sure that what they're believing is or what they're taking is actually true because they're too caught up in like hurt hurtful painful feelings to stop and like consider that um but it it felt like that to me and that was what was so hard about it um and yeah so the one of the things that's always been a big fear of mine like I said before is turning into my dad and so one of the things that my dad um, struggled with was like having any kind of relationship with anyone. And I don't think that's surprising from the things that I tell that I talk about with him on here, but nobody liked him. Like he, he isolated himself from his family. Um, he, uh, what am I trying to say? He, he didn't really have any friends. Like he used to talk about this one person that he was friends with when he was a kid, but it was like a childhood friend that he was almost, he was doing that thing that a lot of like abusive people do where they keep bringing up things that bother them about their life, but they like never actually like process through them or work on them. So they just keep bringing up the same stories and um, he would bring up stories about that person all the time but he didn't but it was somebody who he hadn't been friends with for like decades before I was ever born and my sister my sister no my parents had these like this couple that they were friends with when I was really little like from the first like two years of my life in our old home movies they're in some of them um but they disappeared at some point so clearly something happened I'm sure and they stopped being friends um and other than that, he had, like, a friend that 
from his work that he knew that he worked with for a while. Um, just one person. But that was it. And so a good part of me is afraid that whenever things like this happen with friends, I get afraid that I'm just going to be my dad. And it's like I'm that I'm not going to make friends. I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to have anybody like he didn't have anybody. Um, and I, the rational part of my brain knows that that's not exactly true, that there are other people in my life who care about me. But um, because my friends are always been so important to me, whenever, especially whenever, whenever there's like an issue and then I, I fight so hard to try to convince myself that the issue is not my fault because I feel like everything is always my fault, like that I'm always the one doing something wrong that is causing a problem and I just want it to not be my fault. And so that's a lot of what I was doing with this person. And it's because of being afraid that I'm going to end up without any friends and or anything. Like I already don't really have like much of a support system at all where I live. Like I've been talking about doing dentist work and um, I'm like honestly not sure how I could schedule. They want to take my wisdom teeth out and I want them to take them out. Um, but I don't really have that many people where I live that would be able to come and pick me up and help me for the first couple hours when you're like loopy on coming down from anesthesia. And so I genuinely don't know like how to figure that out because the only person I can think of is like my sister, but she has a newborn baby. So I'm not sure that she would be able to do something like that since she has to take care of her baby. <laughs> um, and that's the only person that I have, like usually with other things like this, with like medical things, I can st I either like stay over or I just like at a hospital or I just like take care of it myself um, because I don't have anybody else. And so and that's really hard to know, like the last few years that I don't have anybody really here and to see like just how many different friendships and relationships have failed for one reason or another in my life it's like overwhelming. And so I, I get afraid when I look at that and think that I'm just going to end up like my dad, like having people that I think are great friends of mine. And then the friendship only lasts for a year or two years. And then as soon as they get to know me well enough, um, something happens and that, that exposes something about me that they don't like. And, and the friendship falls apart for one reason or another. Um, it was really hard to know that I was the cause of the issues that was happening with this friend of mine and that I might have damaged our friendship. And it was honestly like embarrassing to see how the things that I would say when I was triggered and how um, I was hurting them and saying things to them in that state. But to try to be a little bit easier on myself about this, the thing that I like, it's funny. Um, it's the thing that is funny about me is that I've real over the last few years when I've gotten much better at handling my emotions and stuff, I still get like sad and depressed. Like I cried a lot on Wednesday and Thursday after this happened. I told you that I thought that I, I told my therapist that I was a monster. That gives you like an indication of where my mind was. Um, and that was yesterday when I said that. And so 
But like the difference of how I used to feel is that it goes on for a certain amount of time. But it doesn't last forever anymore. There's always a certain point where something happens where I'm able to like pull myself out of it and, and I get like more perspective and I'm able to see things a little bit more clearly and I'm not as hard on myself as I was in the beginning and I'm able to like deal with it. And, um, it's a very autistic thing, but it's a lot of times it's when I have an idea of a plan of how to like work on this thing or like deal with whatever has happened. Um, I'm really glad that I saw my therapist for that because seeing her and having her, she basically told me if your friend says this phrase, like the, the phrase of that's not what I meant or that's not what I intended, which is something that my friend said a lot when I would get triggered, um, which would make me just like want to double down even more to prove that I was right and that it wasn't, you know, that my feelings weren't exaggerated or something um, from my thanks to my parents being how they are. <laughs> um, she said, like, if you hear that, that's a trigger. That's like a phrase where, you know, if you hear that phrase that you need to stop and calm down and go ground somewhere. Um, and yeah, and that's that alone. And knowing that my therapist and I are going to work on the feelings that I have when I'm triggered so to lessen like the kind of anger that I feel when I get in that state so that even if I do get triggered and I accidentally take it out on someone that doesn't deserve it, that it won't be quite as bad. Um, because the thing my therapist also said is that I was a acting like I was going to be perfect, like acting like if I figured this stuff out in therapy that I would just like never make it a mistake with that ever again. And that's just not possible. No human being is like that. Um, so that's good too. But the main thing was like, like having something I could hold on to, to remember the trigger phrase and what to do when I hear that. And then, um, knowing that my therapist and I are going to work on it is enough of a plan for me to feel like, okay, I have like some sort of a plan of action for this. This isn't just something horrible that I did to someone I care about and I don't know what I'm going to do to help or fix it. Um, and like, it's ironic because when I was talking to a different friend about the situation and they helped me like relax and stuff after therapy last night, then this morning I just was like much more calm about it all. And I was able to like say that I was that I was almost like glad that this happened so that it would stop so that I wouldn't do it anymore. And it's like this ironic thing that I like, if this wouldn't have happened with this friend, it would have happened with somebody else. And I would rather like go through this now and figure this out so that I don't repeat this process again with somebody else. And, um, and just hope, like, I can't change what I'd been doing the last couple of months. I can't go back in time and fix it. And so all I can do is hope that this friend knows that that was not, I didn't realize what I was doing, that as soon as I realized what, what I was doing, I immediately stopped and cried a lot and apologized and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
and that I never would have done that for as long as I was if I really realized what I was really doing. Um, and yeah, it's the thing about this situation too, that I'm thinking about is how, um, I feel like because the world is a pretty like not nice place to disabled people that sometimes, even with us, but especially from other people, I feel like people almost like don't fully understand sometimes what it's like to have somebody in your life that's close with you that has some sort of a disability. And for me, like complex PTSD, major depression disorder, um, autism are like at least three of the disabilities that I have. There's other ones that are like health related, like asthma and stuff, but those are like the mental health ones. And I feel like this situation was almost like, it's one thing to know that this person is working on this stuff and I'm going to therapy every week and I'm working through things with EMDR and whatever. It's another thing to have like their disability, their disabilities, both of them really kind of backfire on you. Like that, 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 that's kind of the risk. I don't know if risk is the right word, but it's like, that's kind of what happens when you have, um, when you have complex PTSD, there's going to be times when you get triggered and you don't, and you aren't able to control that. Um, and like, I can look back on that day and like what, what happened that got me into that state. I watched a YouTube video of an interview with like a sex therapist because, Sometimes I watch things that I think might trigger me, but I'm, I do it to almost like challenge myself to see if those, if the triggers about talking, hearing, listen to people talk about sex is still there. Or especially when I get like frustrated because it sounds like something I would think is interesting. Um, like the video was, that I wanted, that I did watch was essentially someone who used to be in the Mormon church that got kicked out of it completely because she advocated for like safe sex. And so I wanted to be able to listen to her interview without getting really triggered because that sounded like really good information to have. I like watching stuff on YouTube about cults and things like that. Um, and so I watched it and I definitely likely was very much at least somewhat triggered after watching it and me and my friends started having a conversation right after that, um, where she was basically saying that she thought social media was really bad. And I was arguing that it is sometimes bad, but it's also sometimes really good. And I just got hurt that she was, um, and it's because of being triggered already that her, arguing so much this about how damaging social media is because I just kept thinking like the only reason we even know each other exists is because we met on social media and now you're arguing so much that it's like horrible and nobody should use it so it's like so do you want to like so like do you want to still talk to me because this is the only reason why we're friends and so this is like and it's purely like that sort of like wounded damaged feeling you get when you're already triggered and you're already feeling vulnerable and then somebody says something that pushes on those vulnerabilities of, of like being rejected and stuff that you already have. Um, and so like that is like a very complex PTSD thing to do. I didn't even realize that that's what happened until afterwards. And, 
Um, and yeah, I just feel like this story is not only is the complex PTSD thing happening, but then also to add being autistic on top of it, that I didn't pick up any of her social cues about her trying to tell me what, that something was wrong and that I was the source of what was wrong. Um, because of being autistic, those two things coming together makes it, made it much harder for her to like get the point across to me until she was like finally blunt enough to say like, you are being too mean to me. This is like borderline abusive behavior. That's what like, that's when it finally like hit me. And, and then I was able to finally hear her, but she had to be really, really blunt about it because I just wasn't picking up on anything else she was saying. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think that's just one of those frustrating things for me is really this whole story, really, when it comes down to it, is me just being frustrated that, uh, of the idea that I'll never be like, quote unquote, normal. And I know that, like, of course I know that. Like, my entire life is extremely abnormal. I'm, I'm very much aware. But every once in a while, there's like this part of me that wants to believe that I would be able to like relax on what I do when I'm triggered and it wouldn't lead to me being like a horrible friend to somebody and hurting them without realizing that I was. Or I want to believe that I'll be able to watch things that I think might trigger me and have it not trigger me anymore. I want to believe that I could be more quote unquote normal and that I won't have to do all of these steps that I have to do in order to regulate my emotions. Um, and I know that going to therapy, continuing to do that will eventually like help some of that, but it's also just frustrating and hard to just kind of realize that like that's, it's never going to completely happen. Like the disabilities that I have are always going to be there in some way, shape or form, even if they're much better controlled, they're never going to completely go away. You know, that's just like part of what makes them a disability and um, and it's just hard to stomach sometimes that, uh, that like, I can't ever, I can't do the things that other people do. And when I do the things that other people do, it's going to be different because of it's me who's doing it. And most of the time I'm okay with that. But when things like this happen, I just get so frustrated that like, why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just watch a video that upsets me without ending up like saying really mean things that really hurts like one of the closest friends that I have where now I feel like our friendship is like up in the air and I don't know what's going to happen with it um like we talked a little bit today but still it's really hard to know that I was hurting her um it's embarrassing like I feel embarrassed for the fact that I was triggered and was taking it out on her for months and didn't know that when that's like one of the main things that I always talk about not doing to people um, I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed about every, all of the conversations we had where she was trying to get me to see it and I didn't see it. I feel embarrassed for the things I said to her during those and how sure I felt like I was, uh, that I was in the, that I was in the right. Um, it's embarrassing and made me want to like disappear and never speak to her again, um, which I clearly didn't do, but it's what I wanted to do at first. Um, and it's just hard to know that, um, that these things 
still affect me and will probably affect me in some way forever. And, um, yeah, it's just hard. I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to drive away everyone close to me because I become a horrible person when I'm in that state. Um, I think the thing I really need to just somehow figure out in therapy is to remind myself that like the version of me that is reacting when I'm triggered is not like this hidden, it's not like that's my true self coming out. And that's like how I, how I felt and how I still feel is like, I feel like that's almost like this side of me that I always have to hide coming out. And I wanted, and I want to believe that one day I'll be able to show that to someone and they won't like reject me. But it's like that side of me is a side of me that exists. Like it's the part of me, like when I was talking, like when I was responding to my friend, I was responding to her as if she was my dad and I was able to say things to him when he was abusing me. It's like that part of me that has always wanted to be able to stand up for myself during all of those years and was never able to do it. Um, That's not like, it's not like that's secretly like this hidden like monster inside of me. That's like the rejected part of me that wants to be heard. But it's not like it's like the secret side of me that I just never show that's um, secretly waiting to like destroy, like sabotage every relationship that I have. That it's a part of me, but it's not all of me. And um, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard to recognize that it's hard to realize but I guess to end on like a higher point this is one thing that my therapist did say and I want to believe that this is how it's going to go too is that and this is something that I have known before is that when you have a lot of abuse like me and you're trying to learn how to be like a good friend have like healthy boundaries healthy attachment a good like good relationship of any sort in your life you have to learn from other people. And like really a lot of people in the last couple of years have done that for me, have kind of shown me how like healthy dynamics look like. And I even said to my friend a couple of weeks ago that she was kind of doing that, even if she didn't want to be, that like fig- that she's helping me figure out how to do like a healthy friendship by being friends with her. Um, because, oh, I didn't say this part of it, but like, I, st- I wasn't friends with, like, anyone, basically, in a real way for, like, three years because I was tired of this happening. I was tired of saying something because of my trauma and hurting people and people letting it slide because they were being empathetic and nice to me, but I felt like I don't deserve it. Like, I'm tired of being the one that messes up, that people end up letting it slide because my life is so terrible. I want to just be able to like stand on my own merits. I want to be able to have friendships or whatever with people without them having to disregard harmful things that I said because I was triggered by my atrocious life. Um, and I'm tired of, of that people continuing to do that. And my therapist made the point that like, you're never going to be able to learn how to actually do that if you just are alone all the time. You have to figure it out by actually trying those things out with people. And she basically said, like, I don't think your friend is going to stop talking to you. And I think that she's going to 
I think that it sounds like she's someone who would be willing to do that, to help you out with things like that and help you figure this stuff out. So, and it, I hope it ends up working out like that too. Um, but that's essentially what's happening. And if you're somebody like me, that's the only option that really people like us have. We don't have any like examples of a healthy boundaries or dynamic of any sort with anyone in our family. And so if you never learn from them, which none of us do, you eventually have to figure it out on your own by by like forging, trying to forge relationships with people in your own life. Like, ironically, um, I watched my sister basically do this. Like her, the boyfriend that she's still with now, when they first started dating the first year was pretty rough and a lot of ups and downs of him like helping her learn like what a healthy relationship was that they didn't need to be together every second of every day or do every single thing together that they could have their own friends their own hobbies their own interests outside of each other and still and that actually made them a stronger better couple in the end and that's and but that was hard for her to figure out because she had only been in like an unhealthy sort of dynamic but and especially with our parents before that and so that is absolutely how it works it's just hard to realize, to almost, I don't know, it's hard to accept the fact that whoever I'm around is going to have to, like, go through those growing pains with me. Um, because I, because it, it goes back always to, like, the whole self-worth thing. I don't feel like I'm worth it. I don't feel like my friendship is good enough to justify putting people through that shit. And, like, obviously, I know that's wrong. Um, that that's not true for people because if it was true, they wouldn't talk to me anymore and they don't, um, like that friend talked to me a little bit today. So, um, that's clearly not accurate, but that's how I feel. So I'll let you guys know what happens in the future with this.